Hello, welcome to the show. It's me, John Park. It's time for John Park's workshop. You are here, and so am I. Uh, thank you, everyone, for stopping by. We've got uh, our YouTube chat and our Discord chat happening. So if you're somewhere else and wondering where the chat is, this is a, a good place to check over here, particularly. And that's uh, accessible by heading over to adafru.it slash Discord. That's the short URL for it. Uh, and then head on over to the live broadcast chat channel. And there's plenty of other channels where lots of chat is happening all the time, but this is the one that's going on during the show that I'm keeping an eye on. So thank you everyone for stopping by, all you good people. Uh, and let's get on with it. So let's see, first of all, uh, I was able to do a bunch of maintenance on this very machine, this computer right here. Uh, last week after the show, and so I think some things are working better, including uh, the Python install that was necessary for Disco Tool. So I'll be able to show uh, Disco Tool in action during a pre-recorded uh, Circuit Python Parsec today. I, I recorded it after after I got things working last week. Um, let's see. We'll do a little bit of a jobs board, some product pick of the week, and then we'll get into some project action. As you can see from the little description there. This is a Pico step switch party. So I have a few different uh, things I'm doing. I want to show you these cool little switches and some ideas for some projects to do with them. Uh, and I guess that's it. So let's get going. Uh, so first of all, as I said, we have a jobs board over at jobs.adafruit.com. Head on over there and uh, you'll see this right here. Uh, this is our jobs board, and if you jump over there, you can look for work. You can see people posting there with some uh, full-time, part-time, contract, remote, in-person, freelance, all different types of jobs. And also, there's the available for hire section where you can post your own resume. It's all entirely free to use, so go check out jobs.adafruit.com if you're looking for work. Uh, I mentioned I've got this right here. This is the show... Uh, that I do on Tuesdays. That is the JP's product pick of the week. Uh, this week it was the Featherwing Tripler, and on the show I like to do a little bit of a demo. Uh, if it's a project that involves some code or a product that involves some code, I usually do a little bit of a code example. Uh, and this week it was mostly just uh, hardware, because this is a, a simple one hardware-wise, but I love it. So here's a little... Uh, one-minute recap. Usually the show's around 10-15 minutes long, and you get a big discount during the show, so here it is. It is the Featherwing Tripler. Now this is great for tacking together a few different feathers, uh, and feather, or rather a feather and a few different feather wings. Uh, it's also great for adding a little bit of an extra circuit, uh, some input and things like that, and having a really convenient place to solder it. What I'll do is I'm gonna take a feather and place that right in the middle there. Uh, and then I'm gonna put a display on the top here. And then finally, I'm gonna use this joy feather wing on the bottom. So I've got these two feather wings, uh, OLED feather wing, joy feather wing. So if I go ahead and power this up, you can see it's as if we stacked those things, except you wouldn't really want to stack uh, the joystick on top of the display or the display on top of the joystick. And so I've got the joystick coordinates there, or if I'm pressing buttons, I can see those light up there. It is the Featherwing Tripler.
Yes, indeed it is. That's what it is. Uh, I was just booting up this screen back here. Let me see. What's my input? Do I have a... I think I have an HDMI input coming from that right there. Is that plugged in? Let's find out. It's always a mystery with this one. These older TVs really like to take their time when you switch inputs and, and see if they can decode a signal. Yeah, look, CircuitPython and Lars, uh, which is a nice segue into our CircuitPython Parsec. Like I said, this week's is pre-recorded. Let's check it out. For the CircuitPython Parsec today, I wanted to show another really helpful tool to use when you're developing in CircuitPython, and this is called Disco Tool by our community member Naradoc. Now, Disco Tool we can use from a shell, or in this case, I'm using it inside of Adam's shell. What it does is it allows me to see what devices I have connected by name. When I usually want to get to a REPL, I'll use screen. Well, the problem is right now I have two devices connected. I don't know which one is which. I just see these uh, unfriendly names. So I don't want to use screen here. Instead, I'm going to use Disco Tool. If I run Disco Tool, there we go. Disco Tool will show me all of the nice names of the devices connected. In fact, there's even one connected that doesn't have a drive and a REPL showing up. That's the trinket over there for my camera switcher. But here you can see I've got this uh, circuit Playground Blue Fruit and this Cutie Pie M0, and they're showing up by nice names. Now, I don't even need to look at the ugly USB uh, modem name there. Instead, I can simply say Disco Tool N for name, and then a part of that nice name. So, how about Cutie? That's now going to connect me up to this Cutie Pie here, which is just printing something every time it runs through its loop, which is great. What I'm going to do now is Control T and Q, which quits, and now I can run Disco Tool, but this time say, blue fruit, or just a part of that. And this is connecting to, I'm going to reset this, uh, this is connecting to a program that's running to tell the phone notifications to show up on my little circuit playground blue fruit. Another thing you'll see that I did there, which is really cool, is I reset the device, it auto reconnects, which is not the case with screens. This is super helpful, even just for your normal development process. And that is your circuit Python Parsec. Hey, all right. Uh, another thing, uh, and this will be our segue into the project, is I'm very excited because I have a little button board that's helping me uh, switch my audio here. Uh, let me pop in a, yeah, you can see it right here. Uh, so this is the project I'm going to be working on this week and, and talking about uh, these great little switches here. Um, check this out. If I hit the first button, I said, you can't hear me anymore because that is changing the tracks out uh, of my broadcast software. So I can go to the little intro song and then back to audio. And one of the things I really like about it is so long as I use this interface instead of my computer and, and uh, clicking on things with the mouse, then I can look down here and see what uh, actual track am I using or what input am I using. So. Um, that's one of the cool things about this particular kind of switch is that uh, I'm using it as a momentary switch. It is a momentary switch, but I can encode tell those little LEDs to do something useful for me. So in this case, 
if I look down and see that on the first input there, I know that it's muted. So I may get used to, if I use that enough, I may get used to that and it, and it could be a really helpful uh, tool for keeping track of. For some reason, those, those nice red LEDs are um, a bit more noticeable than the little yellow box that I get in my, in my software. So uh, kind of a nice interface, kind of nice use for this type of switch. So uh, let's talk about these. Let me jump into, okay, press button four. Not connected to anything. <laughs> there you go. Um, we could we could have it connected to something. And I'll show you some demos where I, I have a couple, uh, two, three other other ways of using these that I think are pretty neat. So first of all, let's talk about these. So uh, here's the product in the Adafruit store, and uh, these are uh, little little sets of three, little packs of three of these. Not a bad price. Four dollars fifty cents for a pack of three. Uh, so I got a couple packs of, of the blue ones so that I could do this for, uh, and then I have some extras to, to do something else with, a couple extras to do something else with. Um, and what I'm doing, I'll, I'll write a guide on using these in a really basic way, maybe this project right here, maybe I'll do, do this up as a guide. Uh, and one of the reasons is just trying to figure out uh, how to use these, what's the pinout on them. Uh, I haven't seen these out in the sort of maker world too much, but I have seen them in products for a long time. There's a, uh, there's a original version of this that I recall is from the uh, Roland 808 drum machine. Uh, and in fact, let, let, me, let me jump into a Chrome window here and uh, I'll show you. So if you look up Roland 808, uh, let's look at an image of that up close. So yeah, how about, sure, this Wikipedia one. Uh, so you can see here on the 808, there were these 16 steps. Uh, they were grouped into sets of four just with color to let you know each, um, essentially these are 16th notes. So you can see each little sort of quarter note section as its own grouping of color. Uh, and then they each had a little red LED poking through. So if you were asking the machine to edit or play the baseline, you could see which of those steps were, were uh, in use for the bass drum. And then if you move down to the track for snares, track for hi-hats, uh, congas, wood blocks, things like that, claps, famous claps, uh, you could see at a glance which things are lit up, just like on, on the one that I have down here. Um, so, those have uh, found their way into other drum machines and, and other consumer electronics over the years. It's a, it's a pretty cool kind of switch. Uh, and these are a really nice sort of modern version of that. They're a little smaller uh, than the 808 ones. They're a little bigger than the modern ones that Roland uses on their boutique uh, line. They have these little small recreations uh, that do some modeling and circuitry of the analog. Uh, and those use some, some smaller switches. These are actually kind of a nice size that we have here. Um, I gotta be careful not to press the ones that I have connected or I'll, or I'll end up cutting my audio out. Uh, and if you look at uh, the product page here, we have them in a bunch of colors. We don't have the orange necessary to, to recreate the 808, but, but I can dream. So, so maybe, maybe Lady 8 will be able to source those. But we do have the white, uh, the red, and the yellow. So we're just missing that orange. Um, we also got green, gray, black here. So you could, you could find a lot of uses for these. Uh, if you look at the product page, you'll see here is the underside of the switch. So a few things to mention about this. First of all, uh, this is not going to work 
in a breadboard or in a permaproto board that has vertically tied pins. And that is because the pairs of pins down at the bottom, let me, uh, let me see, here's a, here's a bigger image that I made. So after I poked around with this with a multimeter and figured where things are, are on this, I decided to make an image of it so, so we can tell. Um, first of all, you have your LED there. Uh, and so the LED has uh, negative marked on it. So you'll see in the molding there, it says minus. That's the negative leg of the LED. Uh, so that'll let you know, even though they're cut the same length, that'll let you know um, how to wire that up. And you essentially want to give that close to two volts. So if you're using digital pins on a typical microcontroller at three volts, then you want to put a thousand, uh, a 1K resistor, 1K ohm resistor in line with uh, either side of that. And then you can feed it uh, a digital out. You could also PWM it if you wanted to, to adjust the brightness, but I'm using it just in um, a uh, straight three volt out, then going through the, the 1K. Um, then there's essentially a normally open and a normally closed side of a switch there and a common uh, running along it. And you can, you can actually pair up all these ones that I've lit up uh, in white here or, or illustrated in white. Those are essentially, you can send all those to ground if you want. Um, the normally closed side uh, and the normally open side of those, since they're in line vertically with their common side, means you can't put this into a, into a typical breadboard. Uh, if you look here, this is my fritzing diagram of, uh, oh, doesn't want to route stuff, that's okay. Fritzing diagram of how I've arranged this, and I don't have a, um, version of that made in fritzing yet. We may end up doing one. Uh, but here you can see I'm essentially simulating this with a pair of switches that are in line with each other vertically. Uh, and then we have the LED sort of flipped around so things are on the proper side when you flip the switch down. It's so looking down from the top, unlike that diagram that's from the bottom. Uh, and then to wire these up to my Pico, I'm just using one uh, GPIO pin per LED, one GPIO pin per switch. And I'm using the normally open side of this. So from the top down view, that's the, um, the left of the switch. So again, looking at, at this, you can see I've got that normally open uh, there and uh, a ground. And in order to put this together, that's why I'm using this. Uh, let me go to, go to a bigger down cam here. That's why I'm using this type of proto board. Uh, which is a grid and nothing is uh, presupposed here. Nothing is tied to, e to each other. Uh, in fact, let me grab a screwdriver and uh, open that up and you can see how that is connected. If only I hadn't stolen my Phillips bit, there it is. Uh, so I'm using a pair of these proto boards just so that I can have a nice flat surface to put it on. This is not a two, this is not a two proto board type of circuit. It's actually really simple. Uh, and either you could free wire it like I have, um, or you could design a little circuit board. I think I'm gonna do that. I think I'll make a PCB either breakout or a little breakout for four of these of some kind. Uh, let me unplug this now. Uh, so here you can see I've got the Pico, uh, just plugged into these headers. Uh, word of warning, by the way, I didn't, I didn't make this mistake, but uh, since the Pico, unlike uh, Feather, 
which has an uneven set of pins on either side. Since the Pico has the same number of pins on both sides, uh, you can totally insert it the wrong way. So don't do that. That could be bad, depending on what, what you've got wired up. Um, so I designed this to have the USB coming out the left here. So I just have, uh, if you look at this, let me hold that nice and still there. And uh, so here you can see these are, this is one switch right here. So this is the normally open side uh, and I'm running to a GPIO pin. So the normally open side of each of the four switches going to GPIO pins. Uh, the grounds I have running, you can see a piece of wire running all the way across all of those common uh, and then the um, LED, let's see, I have a tiny thin piece of wire running straight down to this kind of little bar I made for myself uh, for ground. And then here is uh, each GPIO that's talking to the positive side of the LEDs going through a 1K resistor. And then this up here is the ground from the Pico going to my little sort of ground plane there. Um, so that's, that's the sort of hand wiring that you'll be facing right now with these switches until we make some sort of a, a little carrier board. Um, but you can see uh, with this plugged in, we get, get this uh, up and running again. Okay, so when I start this out, let me, uh, my current code just lights up all the LEDs. If I hit one of these, I'm going to switch my audio. We'll come back to this one. Uh, so I should have a different startup mode probably depending on which uh, startup uh, LED set, depending on which mode I'm in. So speaking of the modes, let me um, go to, this is the demo I showed on show and tell yesterday. And so what I'll do is I'm going to actually switch out the code running on here get rid of the extra me there. Uh, and over here in Atom, I'm going to put this into MIDI mode. Um, and this I should probably turn into a switch with like 0, 1, 2, 3, however many modes we have. Uh, I could also do some startup stuff or put a selector of some kind on the board. But right now, it's just going to change it in code. So I'm going to say, let's, let's run this in MIDI mode. Uh, hit save. And so what it's going to do now is uh, reboot. And again, I think I'm, uh, let's go look at, is this the VCV rack? Yeah, okay, so here's the app. This is what I was showing last night. Um, so this is my favorite little modular synthesizer, uh, virtual modular synthesizer here, VCV rack. Uh, and what I have are my Pico, running circuit python you see this little blue module here says pico circuit python this is a midi input that can then send out control voltage inside of the program so i'm bringing in some midi cc messages that are essentially off and on so i send a zero on one of the cc channels that's an off i send a 127 that's an on uh, these don't need to be variable for for how i'm using them and that's simply to turn on and off these mute switches so if you see this section right here, uh, this module called mutes, as I press a button on my little step switches here, I get different drum channels coming in for this little sort of siren bass line thing. 
So those are all in sync with each other. It's all playing, it's just running straight ahead. Uh, some variation based on how I'm triggering the drums. And then I can cut parts in and out. So it's just a mute switch uh, for different drum tracks here. Uh, the way this is set up, uh, if you're interested, and this is this will carry through to kind of any of the virtual modular synths, or if you were doing this sort of thing with real uh, modules and a MIDI to CV uh, conversion off of the little Pico here, uh, I have essentially a drum trigger. That's this one called Topograph, based on Mutable Instruments Grid, uh, and that is sending out triggers when to when to pulse the drum to these three here: kick all, snare, and hi hat. Uh, and those are all sending their audio, as well as the little bass line, to this mutes. And then those are interrupted by these four buttons right here, and then it heads off to the mixer. So that's, that's what allows me to say, hey, I'll turn on the snare, I'll turn on the hi-hats, turn on my funky kick, and bring back the siren bass there. Uh, so you can imagine it would not take much, given the amount of GPIO that's available on uh, the Pico, even without doing sort of multiplexing or anything fancy, uh, we could easily do eight of these because we need 16 uh, GPIO in order to do uh, the LED and the switch. So two GPIO per, per uh, switch until you start getting faster than that. Uh, could we do, I don't think we could do uh, 16. We would need 32, and I think that's more GPIO than we get available here. But um, Still kind of a neat way for what amounts to about a $4 microcontroller, uh, a couple bucks in, in proto board and parts, and then uh, about $5 for those, those four switches there. You make a pretty neat little, little UI to do MIDI stuff. Um, we can also do, uh, let me switch over to my other view here for a second. We can also do um, a couple of things with HID. So if you want to see how I was doing the audio stuff, that was simply uh, running it in this wirecast mode. And all that's doing when I press those, you can see it right here. Uh, if I press this third button, it's just sending essentially shift three, which just happens to be the pound sign. Uh, so shift one, shift two, shift three, shift four are what I chose to be my uh, keyboard shortcuts that I send to Wirecast, uh, which is my broadcast software. And then in Wirecast, I set those up as uh, custom shortcuts to say, go to my clear, clear layer. So no audio, you don't hear any audio here. There we go, and back to audio. Sorry, I said that before I was um, in the app. So uh, the um, code for that is similar to any of our existing HID codes. So you can see here, what I'm doing with these switches is I'm saying, let's not even bother loading libraries that we don't need. So if it, if it says I'm in MIDI mode, then we load up some MIDI stuff. If I'm either in my desktop switcher mode, which I'll show in a second over there on my uh, laptop, or if I'm in Wirecast mode, then we'll load up these libraries here, USB HID, HID keyboard, and HID key code. Uh, the other setup here, and um, the little loops that we run through are for our switches. So I'm using GPIO 6, 7, 8, and 9. 
Uh, sorry, I just got distracted by someone over in our, uh, over in our chat. Shahin says, don't know what, how I got here, what the heck you're doing, but keep up the good work. Have a couple of beers on me. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs> your, your message came up in bright yellow, so it was hard to ignore. Uh, I don't know how that happened. Um, so same thing for LED pins. I've set up those as GPI 2, 3, 4, and 5. Uh, this is a nice little um, chunk of code that I usually grab from, uh, I think it's the debouncer setup section of the Toddbot Tips and Tricks, um, which I don't have a window up for, for Todd's right now. He could probably put that in the chat. But if you look over in my uh, learn, I have a learn guide. Um, if you look up Toddbot in our, so this tips and tricks section, if you look up uh, inputs, uh, there's setup for debouncing a button, and there's also setup for a list. And this is really helpful right here, this bit of code called setup and debounce a list of pins. I use that logic a whole lot when I want to set up a bunch of something. So it doesn't have to be debounced pins, doesn't even have to be inputs. Uh, in, in the case here, I'm doing it with uh, outputs. Uh, let me switch back to that right here. Uh, so that allows you to build an array or a list, I should say, of something that you don't even know how many of them are going to be yet uh, when you make the array or the list. And then we um, append to it as we build each of those objects using the same logic. Uh, so that's what's building up both my set of four LEDs and my set of four switches. Uh, if I'm in MIDI mode, I also set up uh, I, I set up the MIDI object, I create the four CC numbers that I wanted to send out on, this could be any you want, and I set them all to false at first, which means we can um, toggle that state each time we press the button. We know if we're going to turn the LED on and send a 127, or if we're going to turn the LED off and send a zero. If we're in the desktop mode, then we set up the keyboard object using HID devices. Uh, and then I have, in this case, I'm using um, control. One, control two, control three, control four, that on a Macintosh switches between your four desktops, four of your desktops if you're using desktop spaces. So that's how I have that set up right now. But this could be for anything you like. Uh, and the nice thing about this, I'll show the demo in a moment, is that it does not um, rely on you toggling through a list of things. I don't have to go through four of these to get back to the first one. This is a more discreet, hey, I'm just gonna go to desktop one, I'm gonna desktop four, two, three. Um, so that's why I chose to do this one this way. Uh, and then my key map, uh, I have this little list of lists here that gives me uh, a name to print just for debugging purposes. And then what the HID command is that we're sending, in this case modifier or control plus one, two, three, or four. And then it's very similar from in the wirecast mode, in this case it's shift. So the, with, the, with the modifier shift, one, two, three, four. That just happened to be an available set of, of modifiers for me to switch my audio on and off. Um, you could also do this for, um, it's actually really gonna be useful for me for the audio stuff, but you could do this for any of your switching between cameras. So you've seen me use my camera switchers uh, over there before. Um, you could use this to bring on graphics if you're using OBS or Wirecast or another broadcast software. Um, probably uh, you could use it for some Twitch stuff if you're Twitch streaming for some of the integrations they have with OBS. Uh, and then here's the actual logic of what happens uh, in the main loop of the code. So we look at all the switches, uh, do the debouncer update that just says, let's, let's check each of the switches, see if anything has changed. If they've fallen, then 
That means uh, since I've got this normally open with a pull-up resistor, that means I've pressed it. If I'm in MIDI mode, let's do this. And this just says, okay, send out uh, a, a uh, MIDI message of 127 or zero and light up or turn off the LED depending on our um, state that we're in. That's this MIDI state right here, true or false. And we flip it uh, when we press it. And then in the desktop or the Wirecast mode, we just send out the appropriate uh, key map that we defined earlier by doing keyboard send and then key map whatever the button is that we've pressed and the second item in that, in that little list. Uh, flip the LED off or on. Uh, and then I'm also printing, printing here. So let's do a, um, let me do a switch over to the desk mode here. And I'll resave. So this is just resaving the CircuitPython right onto the drive there. You can see it reboots. Uh, now I'll unplug it and let's head over to uh, my laptop over there and, and plug it in. I might, need, I might need to scramble to find the right cables. Let's see. Uh, in fact, actually, when I, when I start over here, um, I might, yeah, I might show a thing on the Steam Deck too, but let's, let's start off with uh, laptop. Let's get that started up. Uh, and what do I need? I need a... USB-C to micro either cable or set of adapters. All right, good luck to me. Let's see, is this one? No, but closer. Okay, here's a micro to an A and I've got so close to having the right cables here. Sorry about that. Let's see, hold on. Can we do it? I don't wanna to have to go into the... I thought I had one of my C to A cables here and I'm coming up short. Oh, there it is, okay. Let's see if this works. Uh, so these, picked up some dirt there. Uh, these, if they work, are great because that goes USB-C to A. And then I have an A with micro B, which is what the Pico has on it. I, I kind of forgot that the Pico doesn't have uh, some USB-C action because then I could use a C to C cable. Let's see, it's about a, I don't know, 50% chance this will actually work. Sometimes that is because these things, believe it or not, even their USB-C have a right and wrong way to plug them in. Oh no, no, it's not gonna work. Let's see if that's really plugged in. No, and let me just try that side. No, horrible. I don't know why. Let's try all ports. In all orientations. No. Okay. Uh, 
Do I have any? Uh, let me see if I have another option. Let me see if this hub works. Well, it's on, but I'm not so sure I trust that it's... Yeah, I don't think it's sending data. Oh, bummer. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think this is worth spending too much more time trying to get working. Uh, all this is is just going to be the control one, control two, control three, control four. So you'll see uh, the ability to jump to a specific desktop um, is what what we can do when that's working and we see which one we're on uh, based on the, the lights. Um, so that's one thing. Let's see though, I should be able to, oh wait, I just realized I do have the cable I need. I have it, I have it right over here. All right, let's try, try one more time. And I'll zoom out a little bit in anticipation of this working amazingly. Let's, let's see. Uh, so this is a proper USB micro to USB-C. Hey, lit up. That's a good sign. Yeah, okay. Thank goodness for having the right cable. Uh, so there you go. That's, that's the setup there uh, running that code. That means I don't have to use swiping among desktops um, and searching, hunting and searching to find the right one. I can just start to memorize things. If you like to use this sort of des desktops approach, just memorize that, oh, you know, I've got my email over on desk four. Uh, I've got Photoshop on desk one. I've got uh, Chrome over here, and I have the Queen's Jubilee. That's what this insane backdrop is from our London trip. I didn't see her. This was from the internet. But, uh, so that's... Um, just sending essentially these control one, two, three, and four. Uh, you could, like I said, do more of these. You could have a, a huge row of them or stacks of them, depending on how you want to use that as a, as a modifier. But love this, that it's going to give me an indicator with, with the LEDs of the current desk. Um, it works really well. The other demo, uh, what I'll do, actually, since this is plugged in over here, let me go to, let me go to Chrome, uh, or, or rather to Atom, and I'm going to... reopen the code.py that's sitting on there. And I'll change this to, actually, yeah, I'll change this to Wirecast mode. Uh, and the reason I'll do that is, in this mode, it's just gonna send my um, shift one, two, three, and four. Sorry, that's really tiny on there. So Wirecast mode true, that means that this will now send uh, shift one, two, three, and four, which isn't gonna do me any good right here, uh, but those happen to be, as far as a lot of video games concerned, the same thing as pressing one, two, three, four. Um, I could have it actually press one, two, three, four, but I didn't need to in this case. Uh, and, and the way I'm gonna use that is on uh, Wolfenstein 2 here, running on Steam Deck. This cable's a little short for this. Let me pop it underneath. Um, so depending on how you're, how you're playing your game, 
you probably wouldn't use the um, external keys here and all of this stuff, but with a more traditional mouse uh, keyboard setup, this was just the easiest game machine for me to, to grab and show, uh, we can do switching of our items. So in this case, let's go back to singles. Uh, we can go between four of your primary weapons in this uh, game, which is super dark. Oh my gosh, sorry. Um, but you can see there for things like grenades or items of whatever kind, uh, you can have little quick selectors, especially for things like strategy games where you can have macros or chain together a whole group of things. Uh, depending on the game, it might be kind of a, a nice little uh, way to swap around between things. Um, so that's my son's save game on this. I'm not going to mess with it or I'll, I'll uh, totally... Hey, hey, hey. All right, let's fire off the guns. Brap. All right, I'll turn that back off. Uh, so anything really that's expecting USB HID is going to be pretty happy to get uh, this plugged in because the Pico just shows up as a, um, uh, a USB HID keyboard device. Now, I mentioned... Oh, actually, before I go any further, I'm just going to pop open my Discord so that I can... Uh, see if there's any questions or concerns as we go. Um, this, by the way, will also work with iOS devices, Android devices. It doesn't just have to be a computer. So um, it can be more limited, especially on iOS, what keyboard shortcuts can do. Um, but it's um, certainly possible to do things like trigger camera stuff, sound stuff. Uh, makes it, you know, make, make for a pretty decent audio control. Uh, for, for sound playback in Spotify or something like that. Um, wanted to show off the, the little switches themselves a bit, and maybe I'll head over to the um, down shooter for that. Let me blow out this dust. Uh, so here's some of the little yellow ones here. Cute little, little switches. Uh, got our little contacts there. I decided to take one apart, inspired by Toddbot, who'd pulled one apart to say, hey, yeah, if you want to switch out the LED, go ahead, because it's pretty standard um, three, is that a three or five millimeter? Five millimeter, I think, LED. Um, I don't know, maybe that's more like three. So you basically can just pry the thing off. It has a couple little retention clips uh, here on the back and here on the front. Lift those off, you can then pry off the uh, rocker, which is what activates the little switch on the inside, little spring-loaded switch. Um, and then, yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I'll take this over to the, the down shooter so you can see it better, but you can see, first of all, the LED just pulls right out. So, so long as you keep track of uh, anode and cathode sides of that, you can replace the LED if you felt like it. I like the red one, so I'm going to leave them in there. Um, and then when this is in place, there's a little stem that presses down on the switch mechanism. Uh, let me click on that for a bit for you so you can hear the nice clicky action. I'll put it up to my microphone. So even without the plastic in place, we're getting a nice uh, clicky click. And the reason is, uh, this is activated with a little spring. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this over. Um, I saw that Steve in the chat. Said I'm off my rocker. Uh, if we take a look here, a little down shooter. 
and let me get as close as it'll let me still focus on it. That's not bad. So even get a little closer without putting a shadow on it. And I'm going to boost that exposure. And I'm going to take that white balance a little more natural. There we go. Um, so if you look, this is a really clever design. There is a spring that's captive connected to this little bar right here. Sorry, let me focus that again. And the spring uh, provides a little bit of give as you're pressing down on the, uh, the rocker. That's what's it's act, uh, actually contacting the top of this black spring here. And then it essentially buckles uh, or, or draws. See, it bends, 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 and then straightens down at the bottom. And that's what's flipping this metal uh, leaf here between the normally closed and the normally open side. So the way I'm using it, I'm using on the normally open side. Uh, that's, that's the contact that's being made there. So both of these two common uh, legs remain in contact. And then we either break contact uh, on the right side there or we make contact on the left there. So really uh, clever design and I imagine uh, it'll easily live up to the 80,000 clicks or whatever they mention on the data sheet. Uh, I'm sure many, many, many more than that. Um, so cool mechanism. And then uh, you can see here, this is with the rocker uh, in place and that's where it contacts the spring right through that, right through that little hole there that's uh, in the top of this piece. Uh, so, you know, you could, you could certainly make the argument for using mechanical key switches, which give you a lot of options as far as keycaps go. Um, typically, if you want to light those up, you can, you can either do a regular LED, a sort of old-fashioned mechanical keyboard style, or nowadays we can use RGB LEDs like NeoPixels and Dot Stars under there. Um, but for uh, simplicity, you know, these are, these are pretty nice. Uh, once we make a footprint for it, it should be easy to add it into your designs. That's my hope is to, to do a little uh, fritzing object and maybe we can do KiCad and uh, uh, Eagle if they don't exist. Maybe they exist already, but I'd like to make a little breakout of some kind. Um, and uh, let me know if you think of what you think of that. You know, it might, might be worth doing one that's for our uh, seesaw. So we could have an I squared C that gives us the, the four button presses and the LEDs all on a chip, just like our, uh, very similar to our Neo uh, key, sort of four key breakout. Maybe we could do a, a spacing that works with, with two of them butted up against each other. So you could do a row eight or a row 16. Um, so that's it. Those are, those are the cool little switches. And that's my uh, project thus far. I will plug this back in and set it up to be my audio out. Uh, you know, one thing I'd love to do, but tends to be challenging code-wise for me is something like a sequencer, something where you can see maybe eight or 16 steps where the 
LED is uh, PWMing some little extra brightness to let you know where we are in a, in a music pattern, drum pattern, that sort of thing, and then uh, enable or disable steps uh, per switch, which would be loads and loads of fun. Uh, so let me go back here and I'll set this to wirecast mode again. Oh, I think I'm already in that mode, aren't I? Yeah, we'll just be double sure. Yeah, we're not. Oh, I'm not plugged in. Well, that'll make it hard. Doesn't work when it's not plugged in. Let's not save that. Uh, let's do, yeah, we're in Wirecast mode, okay. Save that. Good, all right, that'll be uh, useful for, for uh, the end of the show when I have to cut the audio, so get ready for it. Can you stand the drama? Uh, and let's see, anything else? Any other questions over, uh, oh, okay, so Toddbot mentions you don't have to remove the middle part to replace the LED. Um, that's good to know. I don't know, were you able to just push it up and out or do you need to remove the, the lever? You might be able to just push it up and out. Let's see. Yeah, so if you just shove that out, up and out there, there you go. Um, you can leave the whole switch assembled and uh, get the LED in and out of there. You probably also choose your height. I didn't do this when I assembled this board and I noticed uh, some of these are slightly different heights than each other. So you, you could go in here, uh, maybe lay something across the top like that and start with it a little bit proud and press it down or whatever you want, get, get that to a consistent height before you go soldering it down because then you won't be able to. Uh... Yeah, so no, no uh, disassembly required to, to get the LED out, which is cool. Let's see, other questions? No? Uh, can they pl be placed closer to each other? Yes, um, you can place them right up against each other. In fact, thanks for asking, that's a great question. If you're using one of these um, 0.1 inch space boards, there are two plastic pegs for alignment that you want to watch out. Make sure those have a, uh, a hole to go into. Um, so those are one row below the bottom contact. Uh, but these will go right next to each other, like so. So I think there's a single uh, row between these two. So these essentially overlap by half a row. Um, so these will, these will go right next to each other, um, which depending on your needs, great. Uh, you can pack a ton in. I think this spacing is, is fairly nice for not accidentally pressing neighbors. Uh, this one's a little, little, a little close depending on your precision in pressing, but yeah, you can get them, you can get them really right up next to each other, which is pretty snazzy. Uh, let's see, any other questions? Oh, I should pop up the Discord here. Uh, 
Johnny Bergdahl said, you're late to the stream. Please restart. I wish I could. Uh, just rewind or, or go watch the replay later. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, Mouse said they'd like to have some blue LEDs in them. Go for it. Um, yeah. All right, that's going to do it. Hey, thanks, everyone, for stopping by. Uh, go grab some of these switches. They're super cool. I'm excited uh, to do some stuff with them. Give me any feedback over in Discord about what you'd like to see uh, if I do a, a breakout board or a, or a little simple uh, PCB that you can order, what you'd want to see on that. Uh, that's right, Steve. Be kind and rewind. All right. That's going to do it. Uh, I am getting ready to sign off. I'm also getting ready to hit these buttons and, and turn off my audio. Never been so excited about that. Uh, for Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park. This has been John Park's Workshop. And uh, tune in tomorrow for a deep dive with Scott. Scott is back for a deep dive because uh, Foamy Guy is out. So uh, stop by and say hi. And then we'll be back next week with a whole slew of new shows. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.